Hey y'all, quick note. While My Hero Academia was created for kids, this podcast is not safe for work or children. All trigger warnings and spoilers for each episode can be found at our website, myheroanalysis.com. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, this is My Hero Analysis, a podcast about My Hero Academia, aka Boku no Hero Academia. We are three grown adults who mine Japanese children's cartoons for serotonin because God knows our brains aren't making it naturally. Hey y'all, I am Fern. Everything sucks right now, so I am starting a new religion called Everything is Fun Guy and Pussy, or IFAP for short. So if you want to convert and become a fun gussy, just let me know. Our first holiday as of recording is coming up. It's called Fuck the Halls, and you mainly celebrate by getting very not sober and avoiding the relatives you hate. Uh, in fact, it is your religious duty to get as far away from them as possible. Uh, the not sober part isn't required. It's just traditional, but you have to kiss the homies goodnight. Like that part is very much required, just like in general, because that is what absolves the homies of sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I'm Nicole. Um, I was part of this religion's founding. <laughs> and I, I just question all the life choices that led up to it. I but don't. I'm glad I think it's to great. be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, life is difficult, uh, but we are making it through. Thank you, antidepressants, and increasing your dosage when you need it. I feel mm-hmm. better. <laughs> I am so happy for you. It's and a good job going to it's the doctor. A, yes, it's proud of you. How that works. Um, hey y'all, this is Maria. I was missing in the last episode because <laughs> my life is a mess. But anyways, I completely <laughs> forgot about the new religion that Fern came up with. Um, I choose to ignore it because I am very anti. <laughs> well, you know, I've always wanted to start a cult. So this is just right. me living my dream. And I know. I, I mean, I mean, we did really aggravate you with <laughs> our yeast questions. So... <laughs> We're going to have to do a dramatic reading of that entire thing because it was good. (laughs) It was a lot, but it was fun. It was fine. Um, Yeah, life makes no sense. Time is irrelevant. And why do I always do these notes the day before recording? I will never know. Uh, Also, I had no idea uh, what episode we were covering. Um, So (laughs) I was trying and dying. (laughs) Yeah, missing an episode probably didn't help. (laughs) Nope. You were like, what year is it? Pretty much. (laughs) I mean, that's all the time. Okay, yeah, fair. That's that's everyone's natural state right now. (laughs) So do we have any news? Um, well, not not actual news. Well, there's like a few smidgens of news. I think they're adding MHA to Fortnite or something. So by the time this episode comes out, we, we the property may have a whole new demographic of fans. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch the internet um, explode again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, there's not really been any news regarding the property itself. We, we are getting closer to the end of the year. 
And the end of last year, we did have some news like from the actual people behind the property, but we haven't gotten any yet. So I'm looking hope I'm I'm not looking forward to it. I'm looking cautiously to it. <laughs> what news did we get last year? I don't remember. The, they were basically saying how Bakugo was going to be getting a bigger role in the bigger in the big climax. Oh and yeah, he'll get seen, there. We have seen that come to pass. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We might not even get any news. I don't know. Time is weird. The anime and manga are very much on fire mm-hmm. as we record, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's not helping Horikoshi. All right. Well, I love watching just the world burn from the background. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I I suggest that you stay in your bubble and just just wait till it ends. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I need to wait. I'm still very behind on this last season. And honestly, like I'm too far behind the season and I'm just going to wait until like the final episode and then watch it. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's not far off, right? Well, it depends on if they're going to do a break between the arcs. Oh, yeah. Like this first arc is pretty close to being over. And I don't know if they're going to take like a holiday break or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could you could watch maybe the first arc over the holidays between Christmas and New Year's. That'll be fun for you. I guess. (laughs) Fun. Um. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no <laughs> i have too much going on yeah that doesn't surprise me that's oh, very yeah. you oh yeah that's right see i see the weeks around christmas and new year's as like very much a restful time because like nothing is going on time doesn't matter it's limbo but i i do feel like it would be uh, quite the party time for maria am i mm-hmm. right in this <laughs> Kind of, kind of not. Well, I'm having my yearly tamale party this weekend. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to miss that one, too. I know. Sad. It's your own fault for moving all the way across the Mississippi. I know. No. It was too hot. <laughs> <laughs> I literally ran away from the sun. And where you live now is too cold for me. I yeah. know. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, so <laughs> this week... We're covering episode two of season three, Wild Wild Pussycats. See, we told you everything is fun guy and pussy. It all circles back around. Um, But this episode in the manga is chapters 70 and 71. So I'll lead us through a brief synopsis. I don't think we have a science corner this week. Um, So then Nicole will just jump in for discussion topics, manga differences, and Easter eggs. Well, now I know where we were at. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God we say it in the episode. Yes, I would have been so lost. Also, before we begin, there is shonen nonsense in this episode. I completely ignored it when writing the notes. I was far too fragile to even mention it, much less discuss it. Honestly, still a little too fragile. So Mm -hmm. we see it, we hate it, moving on. Yes, if we don't mention it, it doesn't exist except within the Void of Hatred, one of the sacred things in IFAP. People are really going to think we're starting a cult, y'all. Because we are. We are fully <laughs> starting a cult. Please join. Also, would this podcast really be us if we didn't start one cult? Nope. Although E-I-F-A-P is not for me. I support y'all's endeavors. And yes, I know I just 
used my arch nemesis's name and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You can skip out this time. <laughs> just, so, this. <laughs> just this once. <laughs> we'll get you in the next cult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to leap straight into the synopsis, the episode starts with the League of Villains in their little hidey hole slash bar. They know where the kids are going for summer training and they've got a plan. Also, apparently this plan is more or less common knowledge in the villain underground because they needed supplies that has to be sourced really quickly and there's some kind of union. I don't even know, but I'm glad that they're unionized. Yes. Uh, also, Deku, you're so dramatic in your voiceover, at least in the dub you were. Uh, <laughs> also, I I only put in all caps redacted feelings when I did these notes. And now, days later, I don't quite remember all the feelings I was redacting. I think I remember them. <laughs> we redacted them from ourselves. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> That's one of the perks of ADHD. You forget about things. Yep. Anyways, nope. He was also very dramatic in the sub. Oh, yeah. Incredibly dramatic voiceover. I was like, son, calm down. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I I feel like I just forget how dramatic he was now that we are in season six and also in the upper 300s in the manga. Mm -hmm. There's just so much going on. Anyway. Also, I don't think that the plan itself for the camp was common knowledge. I think that the order or whatever that Shigaraki put in for the villain's support gear was, like, they all had their super special gear. But also, I need a spinoff about this villain union they were talking about. Like, a villainous support item industry with workers' rights, like, already built in. Sign me up. I want that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, please, and thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. And finally, not me pausing to see which of the cards were visible with the, like, when he when the card house of cards fell uh in case there was like a secret message or an easter egg <laughs> there that was not be the, real. <laughs> it do be real uh <laughs> i i could not see one. Oh, there might may have been one but i don't know i'm i'm tired <laughs> oh my god that's amazing never stop doing that <laughs> <laughs> it worked the once and now i mm-hmm. want it to work for everything else yep yep So then we get the opening credits, and Maria, since you weren't here last episode, what are your opinions on the opening credits? (laughs) Honestly, this was my least favorite opening song. Really? dare you? Oh man, we both love it. We think it's a bop. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I skipped this one every time it was on when I originally watched it. (laughs) It cuts a 2 out of 10. Oh man. One point for angst in the graphics, and one for the last clip of am and Suku looking like they are about to throw down we'll probably continue to skip <laughs> well nicole and i will continue to jam yes <laughs> i love this one. <laughs> oh god that's funny so we cut to ua uh where the kids are gathered together they're waiting to go to camp and Aizawa warns them that they'll be trained super duper hard but the kids aren't really paying attention because they're too busy being excited and Ochako is still dealing with her crushy feelings on Izuku. Monoma throws around insults for a hot second. It's it's a lot. They're they're just teenagers gathered in a group. It's gonna be a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. Manama really can't help the projecting, can he? Mm. Also, Kirishima continues to be a king. Yes, yes. As always. But Manama is definitely practicing those insults at home, for sure. Oh my god. In the mirror, (laughs) with dramatic lighting and everything. Yep. (laughs) Oh my god, I love that little weirdo. So the kids board the bus and continue goofing off like the little bitty cuties that they are. Uh, And eventually they get to a mountaintop in the middle of nowhere and they get to meet hero team Wild Wild Pussycats who will be assisting Aizawa and Vlad in their training. Um, And Izuku is very excited. (laughs) He knows all about them, of course. Of course he does. Also, remember how before I always called them the Wild Wild Pussycat Dolls because <laughs> of the Pussycat Dolls. And just like, I didn't know their names were different for the longest time. <laughs> Same seats. Um, and I was like, their theme song is definitely When I Grow Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Horikoshi <laughs> is just a big fan of mid-2000s American pop. <laughs> Yes, he is. Also, Aizawa's disgusted face at the bus goofiness is perfection, as always. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know he was happy that they could have just a little fun time, but he would never admit it. Oh, never. Oh, never. Yeah, Grumpy Dad must be grumpy at all times, even if he loves it. Yeah, he's got a reputation to maintain. (laughs) (laughs) He can't be cracking now. So... The Pussycats reveal that their journey isn't over. Oh no, because they are not at the campsite yet. And if they want to get to the campsite and eat lunch, they're going to have to get there themselves by going down the mountain and through the woods using their quirks. So the training has already begun. Oh, and there are mud monsters as obstacles. Because of course there are. Plus ultra just means extra as fuck. Yep, yep. Gotta love an earthbender though. Mm-hmm. Gotta love when they appear in other properties. But also, I'm gonna need Pixie Bob to work on her fear of aging because the homegirl needs some therapy, as do everyone, or as oh, does God. everyone in this yep. property. <laughs> the Japanese skincare industry is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> like, Japanese and Korean skincare is just, whoo, that culture. So they make so much money. But, anyways, uh, <laughs> they do. The kids- they do. The kids literally went, yeet. Yep. (laughs) So the kids go, yeet. And then we cut to Mandalay, who's one of the wild pussycats, and Aizawa, who reveal that the kids' schedules are super duper tight because they're essentially cramming a semester's worth of information into two weeks so that these kids can get their provisional hero licenses early, presumably because they keep being the target of villain attacks presumably yeah but also i feel like if they're actively defending themselves against villains who are openly targeting them they shouldn't need to worry about the no quirks in public law like is there no um loophole for self-defense we will get to that when we get to that but that is a whole ass plot point in the manga and i'm mad (laughs) about it forever I agree to all of this. And also, like, I didn't put anything else on these notes for this because, like, my brain literally, like, short-circuited. Like, I had so much to say and nothing to say at the same time. <laughs> mm. Yep, it's it's yep. definitely an infuriating one. Yep, yep. 
But cut back to the kids. Um, we see Izuku, Shoto, Katsuki, and Tenya working together to take down a mud monster. Good job, kiddos. And this inspires the class to band together and fight the mud monsters as a group. And they eventually make it to the camp. Although it is evening, not noon, like they expected. And they are all completely beat to hell. Yep. I, I do want to point out that I am quite satisfied with Great Bitch's consequences here in this little scene as a start for his trash can grave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I have been completely ignoring it because I have negative capacity to deal with his ass. So I'm glad the show came up with it. Yep. <laughs> also, also. Sassy Shoto makes a return against Katsuki. I can't wait for them to get more airtime together. Yes, my son. Oh, God, I love their dynamics so much. And I also cannot wait. So then we're introduced to Mandalay's nephew, Kota, who's just like this random little kid who's just there for no reason, (laughs) Um, at least for now. And Izuku tries to introduce himself to this kid. Uh, but he gets punched in the nuts, like, right away. <laughs> and it's just so unexpected and so funny. I love it so much. Um, But Kota mentions that he did it because he hates anyone who wants to be a hero. And then, of course, you have Izuku, who's, like, the epitome of, I want to be a hero. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm not saying I would have punched Izuku in the nuts were I in Kota's position, But also, he was being far too cheerful for my liking. I would have also been put off and would not have wanted to deal with all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would have definitely made a run for it. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so funny. Well, I would have been the cheerful babysitter who y'all ran away from. So (laughs) Yes, yes, literally. Also, in the dub, there's a line of basically of Mandalay explaining what the fuck's going on with Pixie Bob. And the line is she she's at the age to take a mate. And while we are ignoring all the shonen nonsense that's attached to that, I do want to point out that they are taking the furry thing way too far. <laughs> <laughs> Say the people who did an Omegaverse episode. <laughs> Yes, but that wasn't a furry episode. I mean, we could do a furry episode. I'm down. That is a no. I will shut that down right now. I will do the furry episode all by myself. Just kidding. That would not be nearly as funny. (laughs) Anyway, we do get one of Katsuki's very few non-evil smiles in this interaction even though he is smiling for violence i was gonna say it's still kind of evil (laughs) it's still kind of evil it just doesn't look evil it's soft and he's a good boy he did nothing wrong ever yep 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 (laughs) so the kids get their stuff off the bus finally and then they get to eat finally and then it's relaxation time in some hot springs. Uh, there's some more shonen nonsense, courtesy of the great bitch, who was foiled by Kota. Good boy. Uh, but then Kota passes out because in the process of defending the girls from the great bitch, he accidentally sees them naked and he is so embarrassed that his brain just shuts down and he he falls. Yep, yep. And before all of this happens, while they're all eating, while Denki is eating... <laughs> He has a line and it's just I smell beef and it kills me every single time. It's 
such a good line. The delivery is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. His voice actor is number one. Mm-hmm. All right. Also, like this whole episode has so many comedic gags and the like the cartoon physical comedy overkill trope that we've discussed over and over. Like there's so much of it. But also grape bitch falling ass first into <laughs> Ida's face. <laughs> is particularly hilarious because I am a 30-year-old child. Also, Ida getting teabagged is just a really yes. fucking funny idea. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure he washed every inch of himself that day. Oh, oh. God, you know he did. He his- stuck his face into, like, just a steaming pot of water. Yeah, and maybe a little bleach. Homeboy oh, was yeah. not having it. Sanitization for the win. Yup. <laughs> so Izuku volunteers to take Kota, who is still passed out, back to Mandalay, uh, who explains that Kota's parents died in the line of duty. Duty? Sorry. I'm, I keep saying the T really hard because I'm no trying tea. to distinguish between Kota and Coda. Yeah. So <laughs> I just said duty. <laughs> duty. It yeah. sounded very British. <laughs> oh, Lord. Stop. I'm never going to stop doing it. Um. <laughs> But basically, Kota's parents died in the line of duty. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and that's Hero. why he doesn't like pro heroes, is because he thinks they're risking their lives and abandoning loved ones needlessly. We will get to it. Um, yeah. But cut to the next morning, Aizawa has Katsuki do a little demonstration for everyone. So he has Katsuki throw the ball again like he did the first day of school. But it turns out that he can't actually throw the ball much farther than he could at the beginning of the semester. Um, And Aizawa uses this to demonstrate that although their mental skills and their stamina have improved, they haven't actually been doing much work with their quirks. So the main focus of the camp will be honing their actual quirks and then beefing them up. Yes, Aizawa is so dramatic about this. You you know he loves being extra. He's such a drama queen. He is. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I, I do love how it is purposely pointed out that they had to get their techniques like in order and their techniques correct to then be able to bulk up their quirk in the correct way Mm. without injuring themselves or without essentially building up their quirk muscle if you will without injuring the rest of their body like this is an accurate aspect of exercise and actually building up muscles like uh in weightlifting for example Mm -hmm. so like good job on that i guess (laughs) yeah my one comment was the evil smile was amazing yes Mm -hmm. oh yeah his evil Mm -hmm. smile came out in full force Mm -hmm. yes so then we get the closing credits and maria we're also going to ask you for your opinion on these so unlike the opening credits which i had very strong feelings about (laughs) i love the closing credits I just, I love that it's just them being kids and having fun. And like, it's, the music is super great. And it's just a boost of Sheraton. It is. It's just a nice little happy, happy moment. So after the credits, we end the episode with the League of Villains. They are almost ready to carry out their plans, which they believe will knock heroes off their pedestals and help create a bright future. Dun, dun, dun. 
yeah and it's real it's literally just dobby being dramatic because basically he, he is also <laughs> dramatic much like aizawa i wonder why shiggy is drawn to both of them <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so that's the end of the episode and as we mentioned no science corner this week no no, science. no thoughts, just vibes yep so we will start with our discussion topic. So we're going to start with needless risk. Yeah, I don't think it's any coincidence that Kota shows up just when Izuku's finally figured out that he needs to balance using his quirk while avoiding injury. Because like, yes, darling, the world needs you. There are people out there who need help. That will always be true. But so do your mom. So do your friends. They need you too, just in their lives in general. So like... Quit torturing them by not taking care of yourself, dummy. Um, But unfortunately, we're 300 more chapters in and he still hasn't learned his lesson. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell (laughs) y'all. I mean, if he doesn't break himself for others, is he even doing his job? He definitely gets it from dad might, though. Oh, God. Yep. Yep. Must break to protect. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And we did not have many discussion topics this week, uh, mainly because it was a straightforward episode. So our last point is Kota and Shiggy's parallels. So this is, this is honestly, spoilery, so we're not going to get into it, but I'm just going to ask listeners to put a pin in it. And listeners who are caught up on season five of the anime are going to know what I'm talking about. But both Kota and Shiggy have hero-based trauma through their parents. Uh, But because Kota was given support and Shiggy was not, their paths wildly diverged. And we will get to it when we get to it. Just kind of of remember that for later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because that is an excellent point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was proud of myself for noticing it because <laughs> <laughs> I job. never, no- I never noticed like the big metaphorical comparison thingies. <laughs> All right, so manga differences for chapter seventy, the the fuckheads uh, they cut a scene lit where Shinso was with Aizawa, like in the manga from the anime. How, how fucking dare they? How dare they? I am pissed. Okay, I am hurt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, it is made clear in the manga that Pixie Bob is actually controlling her earth monsters using her support goggles, which basically gives her a camera view of what is going on in the forest rather than seeing and sensing through them. And I don't know which way is cooler. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. Yep. All right. And then in <laughs> chapter 71, I'm pretty sure that it was J. Michael Tatum's input that gave us the scrotum line. Mm-hmm. Because in the manga, <laughs> Tenya actually just says junk, like mm-hmm. to refer to the bottom area. <laughs> and honestly, I can't see Tenya saying junk. So, yeah, while, no. While it's hilarious that it's scrotum. I feel like that is actually more in line with Edith's character. So good job, J. Michael. For sure, for sure. Also, the I smell beef line <laughs> was anime only too. God, the voice actors just ate this episode. They yes, did they so did. good. Yes, they did. And we already kind of brought this up because it was animated earlier, but the end of this chapter includes that extra scene that we got a few episodes ago where Mount Lady and Midnight have their supposed argument on tv 
So, so now we're caught up on everything there. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. So Easter eggs. At the beginning of the episode, uh, Giron's comment about everyone coming out of hiding following Shigaraki's displays out in the open is pretty early foreshadowing from a side character that essentially confirms the fears and ambitions of All Might and AFO, respectively. Like, as much as we can't stand all the monologuing, they are pretty in sync with public sentiment. Oh, yeah. Giron can monologue all he wants. I have zero yes. issue with his character. Give yes. all of AFO's lines to Giron. Giron is yes. much more palatable to me, specifically. Yes. <laughs> and he, he would probably actually deliver them better than AFO, even though, whatever. We just don't like villain monologues, even when they're useful. <laughs> I just think AFO is fucking annoying. Yes, that's true. All right. Also, bless you, Maria. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> she hit it pretty good all right so then the next easter egg is um aizawa and the pussycats actually do know each other like his familiarity with Mon- mandalay isn't just like there they actually do know each other from the sky egg arc in the vigilante spinoff which happens years before this current scene so like there's actual content there for those who care mm-hmm. to read vigilantes Yep, they're bros. Yep, they're bros. They're friends. They're colleagues. They it, like. There's a reason they end up working together later too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. All right. And this is just my personal Easter egg. Next, um, I am irrationally angry that Dinky's <laughs> thunderbolt worked on a creature made of mud, both in like a physics way, but also in a Pokemon type matchup way. Because Thunderbolt would be a an electric type move, which doesn't affect ground type Pokemon. So I'm I'm just mad. But it does affect water, and mud is ground and water. So I can see it working. But, but it still wouldn't, because like with Quagsire, he's water and ground, and electric type. <laughs> but that's Pokemon, moves don't darling. It. I don't care. It should be <laughs> universal. <laughs> Real physics gets replaced with Pokemon physics. Yes, that's all I want. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm down for that. I'm down for that. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. Let's go to the Pokemon world. It's much better. I'm Everyone here. is so hot there. <laughs> Can y'all tell we've been playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet recently? Yeah, Those I just want have. truck kun to come and just like isekai me. That's all yes. I need. Yes, please. Truck coon, please, please, please. Let me let me go. <laughs> I have no idea what any of that means, but I am fully have, on board. You haven't heard of Truckoon? No. What the fuck are you talking about? Okay, so I'm <laughs> I'm I'm proud of myself for knowing this, but isekai it's it's like a Japanese or manga trope where it's like portal fantasy here in the West, where basically the main character leaves the regular world and goes into a completely other world, and one of oh, the oh main... like Inuyasha. Yes, and like yes. one of the. One of the main ways that happens is a truck hits them. So now it's basically a trope that the truck is <laughs> transports people to the isekai world. And now even there is actually a manga with a character called Truck Coon who purposely transports people to isekai worlds. And like, I need him here. Get me. Exactly. Coon. I need oh. truck- my fucking god, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Right? <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Ugh. 
it's perfect. It's wonderful. I may actually read that. Um, I agree. Truck Coon, take me now, please. Take me now. All right. <laughs> take me out. Take me now. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we have gotten to like the big spoiler section. Yeah, that's like so, an official section now. Yeah, it's official. So listeners, we love you. But if you don't want bigger spoilers, see you later. Adios. Um, I was going to talk more about Kota and Shiggy here, but I think it would be better start to actually talk about it when it's pertinent in season five. So we will just save that nugget. But in this episode, we do get a lot of um, trader, like the UA trader information. So in the hideout, Shiggy says that he tried really hard to figure out where they were going for the camp, but the master AFO already had it figured out and handled, uh, which we now know was because of Aoyama's coerced treachery, basically calling AFO whenever he had intel. Mm -hmm. um, but like at this moment, like in this second, unless the scene at the beginning of the episode is actually happening after the bus trip to the camp, Aoyama would have had to have known the location before they got there, which they purposely did not tell the students, didn't they? So like- I don't think so. Or like they, he may have known the general region and that was enough to go off of. Yeah, so like either he would have had to know the location before they got there or the scene at the beginning is actually taking place later chronologically after Aoyama gets to the location, sends his ping to AFO and AFO passes it to Shiggy. So it's like there's a lot of timing issues and plot holes. I thought I would look it up in later chapters to see if this is this is all what happened or if it was just a reduxed plot hole or whatever. I did not. So <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember if they tried to hide the location from the students. I'm not sure that they did. Yeah, they might have told the students. Um Aoyama or maybe they just gave him some like basic information. That was enough for AFO to go on in general, and then Aoyama gets there and he drops his location, like exact yeah. location. Yeah, that would make sense. But if you just take a look at it as it is here in this episode, it's a little confusing. Mm -hmm. And they probably did a little redux like they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is one of the episodes and arcs that is very pertinent to the UA Trader arc. So for sure. Um, also, they the parents need to sign the paperwork. That's true. And that's yeah, that's true. They can't they can't just be like, hey, we can't tell you where you're taking your where we're taking your kids for two weeks. I don't yeah. think they would allow that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm <laughs> let me just logic that in there. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And okay. most Japanese for any sort of trip, they have to have a signed waiver. I think mm -hmm. that's just implied. Yeah. And, oh, and that, that could be. It's just a cultural difference that we just didn't pick up on. Yeah. yeah. Because in America, sense. they just take you where the fuck ever, unless you go yeah. to Pine Forest High School, and then you're not even allowed to leave the county. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and then also it's up to a lot of parents don't even look at what they're signing for their kids, so they don't even know where they're going. And that's a whole other thing too. But also, it would make sense if Aoyama's parents knew and told AFO because they're also his bitches, and I hate them, and mm -hmm. they can mm -hmm. rot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all I got. All right. Final comments? Earth bending should be real. Yes. yes agreed. All the bending should be real. All the bending, all the Pokemon 
world and MHA. Just put them all together in one big planet and let Truck Coon take me there, please. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Same. <laughs> Truck Coon for president. Yes. President of the world. <laughs> All right, this has been My Hero Analysis. You'll hear us again soon. And in the meantime, go beyond plus ultra and thirst responsibly. Bye, y'all. Thanks again for listening. Theme music is The Happy Cowboy by Gary the Canary, remixed by Fern. If you'd like to submit questions, fan art, or bonus episode topics, visit our website at myheroanalysis.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Tumblr, and YouTube under at myheroanalysis. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Bye, y'all. Bye.